Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I am your host, and today we're joined by a very, very special guest, Miss Taylor Sear. Taylor, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. So have I. I'm excited uh, just that we kind of get a new fresh face. I know a lot of times we kind of, for, I guess I guess for you listeners out there, because you typically like to click on the episode that your friend is on or some big shot pastor preacher guy that you know. Uh, but I'm excited to kind of like expand the community a bit to see other Christian uh you know, quote unquote, influencers out there. And uh, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about your particular ministry, Taylor. And I'm excited to mention that. And I'm excited for our episode as well. Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to make a couple of announcements for you listeners out there. Uh, nothing new, same old, same old. Uh, but I do want to reiterate some things. Uh, first and foremost, uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to this podcast ministry. You can follow us on our Instagram account at the Potter's House for any and all updates. Uh, that's where I'm going to be posting everything, episodes, content, um, announcements. Uh, I know it's like right now, actually, episodes releasing December 1st. So that'll be, we're already in December. A couple weeks into December, I'm going to take a break for Christmas, New Year's, get back in, into January. I'll announce the exact dates um, probably next week. But uh, same thing I did last year. We're going to have that little break just because uh, we have that event coming up for New Year's, which I will announce in just like 30 seconds or so. But So hang tight. So we got that. Uh, also, for streaming, you can f- stream us, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, for those of you out there who have those uh, platforms, also if you do have an iPhone and if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it if you go to the app, tap the stars, leave a written review. It really helps the exposure of the show. And uh, for those of you who have already have done it, you know that um, I like to read those reviews out loud as well. So if you haven't done that yet, please do so. I really appreciate it. And uh, we also have the website, which is still, I know guys, it's still like bare bones right now. I'm still trying to work on it, trying to have some time. Hopefully in that new year break, I'll have some time to kind of code some stuff, work on some stuff, add new features and content to the website. But that is www.thepottershouse.com. And so far we've got those long sleeves out there for the um, fundraiser for uh, T4T. So for those of you guys who've been following, that's what we're still doing. And last but not least, for those of you who have been following these last three or four weeks, we do have that New Year's conference coming up here in L.A. Uh, If you want any updates on that, it's um, on the Instagram, which is New Year's OC. And then uh, that's where we're going to be posting the dates, the speakers which are coming up, the theme is already up there, and then a bunch of announcements uh, that will come within this next month. So for those of you guys out there who are interested uh look at tickets now i just checked they're very expensive if you're flying from the east coast uh so make sure you're on top of that but that is that with our normal announcements for this uh for this episode so we're gonna continue now back to taylor but taylor you're still there so that's good um (laughs) for pretty much almost everywhere unless obviously some of your family and friends kind of click on and they listen to this episode but for pretty much everyone else who's been following uh you know, my podcast here uh, for the last year or so. Um, why don't you introduce yourself just to kind of better connect with everyone out there before we get started? Sweet. Okay. Well, um, my name's Taylor. I'm 22 and I'm from Southern California. Grew up here. Um, and I love Jesus. And I went to Baylor University, Sick and Bears. Um, I got into podcasting like two years ago almost. And um, I just felt like God just had so much he was teaching me that I really wanted to share with people. And I was like, okay, you too. Do I do that? Do I do Instagram work? What do I do? And my friend's like, no, Taylor, you should do a podcast. And I was like, what the heck? Who listens to podcasts? And then um, I, I was like, you know what, whatever, I'll just try it. So I tried it. And um, my family and friends just like kind of got really excited about it and were super supportive. And then I kind of realized like, wow, God's kind of using this. And people started messaging me about it. And um, I mean, obviously I, I'm not like Jonathan Placluda and have like hundreds of people that thousands of people that listen, but the people that do they're consistent and it's awesome. And it's been something that God's kind of used to help shape me as um, in my own faith. Cause I learn something every time I make an episode, I'm like, wow, God, I didn't see that last time I read that scripture. Um, 
And so it's just been a really cool journey growing closer to the Lord, but also being able to share that with other people. Um, And like super excited about this too, because partnering with other people who love Jesus too is super powerful. And so I'm just like really excited about this. And what is the uh, the name of your podcast? I know typically I like to do the plug at the end of the episode, but might as well, since we're talking about it now, uh, go yeah. ahead. It's called A Time Such As This. Um, it's kind of like a play on the whole Esther situation. Um, you know, Mordecai says, perhaps this is why you were born for this time right now to save your people. And um, it was kind of wild just because it kind of just came to me. I was like, Lord Jesus, like, this is all for you. Like, what do you want it to be called? Like, this is not about me. Um, I'm not going to call it something that has to do with me or whatever. And that's immediately what came to my mind. And it kind of, I don't know, God kind of confirmed that just through the people who started listening. They're like, Taylor, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Or this was perfectly timed or whatever. And I was like, awesome, great, cool. God's using it. So that's what it's called. It's on all the same platforms that you mentioned that you're, uh, that the Potter's House is on as well. So y'all can check it out if you want to. <laughs> yes, and do check it out. Um, I, I listened to, you know, since we connected, I listened to maybe like, two two and a half episodes and it's great honestly it's it's uh, and then i think it was not maybe not not your most recent but the one before that um the solo episode you did it's just like i mean you're just talking you're just mentioning scripture you're you're making these great points and it's it's awesome for those of you out there listening haven't checked it out yet it's uh it's 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 really good it's really good and and taylor does such a great job and and you know god bless your ministry it's it's going really great Thank you. I will warn everyone who listens. I take them all. I record them all in one single take. So there are definitely times and episodes when I make a mistake or say something funny. Like I have this tendency of like making up words and I'm like, yeah, I know that's not a real word, but it's kind of fun. It adds kind of like a more personal touch. Like if you were my friend hanging out with me and I kind of want it to be more relaxed. So you might laugh a little bit during some of them, but it's fun. And I honestly, I besides like what happened earlier for you listeners out there, you're probably not going to hear it because I'm going to edit it out. But I kind of lost my voice <laughs> a little bit. But I, I try to keep it in one take too because, like, you, especially if you're recording with like a friend or if it's like a live recording as opposed to Zoom, it's it's more fun, it's more natural, it's more um, candid, I guess, and and people right. can kind of place themselves in that conversation uh, just easier than than anything else that seems a little more fabricated, but. But no, mm-hmm. it's 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 great. Um, I mean, that's how that's how I, that's how I found your podcast. Um, it was through Instagram, and I think someone, honestly, it may have been JP, it may have been Jonathan Pacluda who like reshared your story or something. And then I saw the podcast, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Clicked on it, listened to it. I'm like, why not? Why not ask her to be on the episode? It'd be great. So um, it's just it's amazing how God works in that way, just to connect mm-hmm. other Christians who are just involved in these in these uh, online ministries and it's great i've i've really had the blessed opportunity to collaborate with a lot of different people and uh it's it's by god's good grace and goodness that we can do that so i'm excited i'm stoked very true so good i love it so so taylor we're gonna get into this episode and i remember asking you uh what you wanted to talk about and um for the most part for those of you have ever been guests on before you know that i like to give at least an option or some insight um, on what topic you want to do. And the topic that you presented uh, after, you know, taking some time to think about it, to pray about it was really interesting because it's something that I've been really considering to do over this last year. About a year ago, um, I put up a poll on my Instagram story and I asked, uh, you know, what topics do you want to hear on this podcast? And um, your topic was actually one of them which mm-hmm. is and which is the fear of the lord mm-hmm. and who god is and how that applies and i love that i love to talk about that especially you know in our community which is a little more conservative because there's just so many people out there who preach a half gospel a false gospel mm-hmm. that only talk about god's love and how it conquers all and they just leave out so many other things yes. and because of that people really lack this this reverent fear that we're going to talk about so I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I know you wanted to get started with uh, a little more, uh, more of this general topic about who God is and how this applies to our eventual topic on the fear of the Lord. But uh, Taylor, I'm going to let you get started. I'm going to let you take the reins. Sweet. Well, like you said, we're talking about the fear of the Lord and kind of how that applies to us as Christians today. But in order to either even understand what fearing God means, you have to know who you're fearing. You have to know what he is, who he's like, what he's like, who he 
who he says that he is. And he left us his word to explain that to us because he, you know, isn't walking with us as he might have been with Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, but ultimately, we were made to know God. And that's why we were created. We're the only creation that was made in his image. And that's something special. And that was for a purpose. Um, but from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end, it's just a beautiful story of of God's character, his attributes, his desire to be in a relationship with us and what that means. And as I was like preparing for this, I was just looking and I was like, God, like I could literally make an entire book just listing words that describe God. Um, and some of the ones I came up with were just creator, all powerful, protector, faithful, merciful, all knowing, just loving savior, um, avenger constant. And kind of like what you said, like some people really focus on just the love, like, Oh, love conquers all. And I'm like, yes, God is love. You are hundred percent. Right. But he also is wrathful and he will avenge his enemies. And we have to balance those. And some people don't know how to do that which is understandable because how could God be full of wrath and full of love at the same time? Um, but I think when you really dive into scripture and you read what he says about himself, it's, it's a lot more simple than we like to make it out to be. Um, you know, like I pulled scripture from both the old Testament and the new Testament. Cause everyone says the old Testament God is different from the new Testament God, which is not true, but um, it's just a different covenant, old covenant, new covenant. Um, Jesus was here forever, but it just took a little time for him to come to the earth and, <laughs> and do his redemption, you know, but um, I, I have a bunch of scriptures. And so for faithful, let's talk about faithfulness real quick. Numbers 23, 19, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should he change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Like there's not a single promise that God makes that he won't fulfill. He's completely faithful. He's perfect. He's always going to come through. And then Avenger. I mean, Nahum really just talks about it when he just jumps in. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. He takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. And it's like, wait a second. I thought he was faithful and whatever, you know. Um, but that's who God is. God is just, and he makes sure that every wrong is made right. And sometimes that means taking out enemies that, you know, are against God. Um, and then we have merciful. It says Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive uh, mercy and find grace and help us in our time of need. God wants to help us because he loves us. He created us in his image. Um, and all of these things make up who God is. And he doesn't change. He's able to maintain both of those. The last verse I, I have for God's characteristics is Malachi 3, 6. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. God is so faithful in his promises that he makes sure that every wrong that happens to us will be made right one day. He makes sure that all the promises that he made to us to save us and to uphold us and to help us, he's going to keep. It's just, it's super cool to watch and to see God kind of tell the story of who he is and how much he loves us throughout, throughout the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's important to, to study the different attributes of God, not just pick your favorites because right. we see that shown in the gospel. Um, I remember when I was preparing for one of my previous episodes on the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, there was this one article that this, um, I guess, I guess we can call him like a modern day theologian or professor, whoever he was. Um, but how he explained the gospel was taking each point of the gospel and relating it to an attribute of God. So mm -hmm. first, like God is holy. Therefore, you know, he, God cannot be with, with us as in our, in our sinful state. There has to yeah. be some sort of, uh, um, reconciliation, you know, and God is just, there has to be a, a price to be paid. God is loving. He sent his son and then so on and so forth. So, we see all these different attributes being applied to the gospel, which is so important and transformative when it comes to, to our lives and to our eternity eventually, that um, that's something we can't miss. And I think it's very important, like you were kind of just you know throwing scripture out there, making sure we understand what scripture says and how we see God and how God truly is. And understanding that, yes, he's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, Old Testament, mm -hmm. New Testament. The only difference is, is the covenant, the covenant of Jesus Christ, obviously through grace, um, right. in, in, uh, you know, after, after he was, uh, crucified and, and resurrected. So it's, it's important. We, we got to know, we got to understand it and we can't pick our favorites. We have to, we have to take them all. 
Right. And I, I remember just like in one of the most like, um, I don't know, faith building moments of my life where God was really kind of just like tearing down what I had thought Christianity was or what I thought being a Christian meant. And one thing he kind of showed me, he's like, Taylor, how many versions of me do you see being worshiped right now? And I was like, oof, a lot, actually. Like when I take a look at it, you know, like some people have the version that lets them do whatever they want. And some people have the version that lets them pick and choose the verses or the attributes or whatever. But to truly understand the gospel, like you're explaining, you have to know who God is. Like, what's the point of Jesus coming just to come? No, like it's because of who the father is and what, where his heart is and just who he is. And if we don't understand that, like, we're not going to know who we are as Christians if we don't know who God is. So it's just like super, just like foundational to know who is this God that I'm, I'm claiming to serve or who is this God that everyone's talking about? And he, he'll tell you. And, and it's awesome. But I, I think because of those things, um, it kind of gives us like perspective to into ourselves of like, wow, okay. I need to take myself, look in the mirror and just reflect, like, I do need this guy. Like I need God because I can't, I don't measure up. And if there's someone out there, let's say someone had a certain realization or an epiphany and, and kind of realized like, oh, wow, I only know God and worship God in this one way, or I've, I've only been exposed to him in this one way through this ministry, through this church, through this person, through my family, etc. How would you recommend, I guess, getting them started on a certain process to understand who God truly is and all of who God is? How would you recommend uh, they, they take those next steps? Honestly, um, this is kind of the process that I had to go through is I just got real with the Lord and spent time in prayer and getting in the word and, and asking God, like, God, who are you? Who do you say that you are? And show me yourself and let you be the one through the power of the Holy Spirit. Cause Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth and remind us of all the things that Jesus taught. Let you be the one to explain what you meant when you wrote your word and tell me who you are. And so I, then, um, this lady was mentoring me at the time and she's involved with a ministry called moms in prayer international. And they're really big on like praying scripture over people and, um, and the attributes of God. And so she had mentioned that and sent me a list of attributes of God. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. But once I actually started looking into that, I saw all this scripture, just like, wow, like this is who God really is. And it was completely different from the Christian experience I had before because I was like, yeah, okay, God's up there. I'm down here, you know, very basic. Um, So honestly, I would just say, get a list of attributes of God. You can print one online, like Google attributes of God, you know, Um, and you can get a list and just start searching the scriptures for verses that talk about that and praying over them and asking God to reveal himself to you. Because, you know, when we ask God and we seek him with all of our heart, it's a promise that we'll find him. And he doesn't hold back on his promises. So he'll come through. Amen. Actually, one of the scriptures that has um, a bunch of attributes kind of all packaged together is, um, I believe it's Nehemiah chapter 9. And um, it just, obviously, it's not like stated in bullet points. Obviously, it's, it's integrated in scripture. But it has at least like 10 to 15 different attributes kind of embedded together in in, in in that scripture in that passage and it's and it's really encouraging so listeners out there if you guys haven't read that and maybe you're kind of uh, juggling for thoughts and ideas and trying to figure out who God is and who you are um, if you want to get started start with Nehemiah chapter nine it's 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 truly amazing it's profound it's powerful and uh, it really shines a light I guess uh, through scripture to see who God truly is in um in in, in his multiple attributes and and, it, and it's it's amazing. It's transformative and it's powerful. And I, we all need it. We all need to know. (laughs) Oh yes. And to be reminded. (laughs) We need to be reminded. And and like, like you were saying earlier, it's like, wow, I I was, uh, I don't I'm not sure if this was before we got, we started recording or after, but, um, when you're reading a, a certain passage of scripture and then you're like on the hundredth time, you're like, wow, I did not see it that way. Thank you Lord for (laughs) revealing that to me. Like yeah. we need to be reminded because we are we are creatures of nature and we we, we fall into this repetition, uh, this routine of of sin and and all that. So being reminded is so important. And 
Uh, sometimes you can find something new. If it's the hundredth time you read that certain passage, if it's the hundredth time you, you say that prayer, um, uh, it's, it, it could definitely, uh, be revealed to that, to you in that way. Um, regardless if it's the first or however many times, but, but that's great. And it's good. And it's good. And it's important to understand the attributes of God. Now, um, now Taylor, how does fear play into all of this? Why do we need, uh, fear the Lord? And I'm sure you're going to mention some attributes that, that God has that right. that would require us to fear Him, according to what Scripture says. Uh, probably most notably, um, Proverbs nine ten: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And uh, I know exactly. a lot of people focus on that too. But um, what are certain attributes that kind of lead us to this holy reverence that we should have towards our Father? Well, I always go back to the simple fact that he spoke everything into existence. Like the very fact that he is God and we are not is should be enough. You would think for us to be like, you know what? Like he is in charge. He literally spoke the complexity of our bodies and DNA into existence with a single word. Like that's super powerful. Um, but I know sometimes we need something that's a little more tough. And, um, I remember coming across Matthew ten twenty eight, where it says, do not fear those who can only kill the body, but fear the one who can yeah. kill both your body and soul and, and throw it into hell. And I was like, Ooh, that's a tough one, but that's reality. You know, that Jesus is the only way to spend eternity with the father. And the reality, sad reality is, is that people are going to spend eternity separated from God. And, you know, he has the power to take us with him or to not take us with him. And he is also gracious and merciful and allows us to, um, be made righteous through Jesus Christ. But, you know, if we deny that there's consequences for that because God is just. And so all of these little um, attributes and things that make him who he is all play into how our lives are played out. Um, he gives us some choice here and there, you know, am I going to choose to make the right decision here? Or am I going to trust God here? Or am I going to do whatever I want? Um, but ultimately it's, it's God's um, nature of, like you said, he can't be in the presence of us sinful people that made Jesus come here in the first place. He loved us so much. He wanted to be with us, but he's like, well, these people made this mistake. Well, now I need to go help them fix it. Um, and that's who he is. But that verse Proverbs nine ten, is actually the verse that I kind of had um, because the second part of that and knowledge of the Holy one is understanding. Like it's knowing God, knowing who he is in conjunction with fearing him that just creates the ultimate like reverence and awe and relationship with God. When we know who he is, we know he's a good father. We know he loves us, but we also know that he's kind of scary and can, you know, bring fire down from heaven and can split the red sea in half and like crazy things like that. It's like, okay, like, I don't want to mess with this guy, you know? Um, but it's both of those together. And I, I was like, I'm a nerd, okay? I like looking into the Greek and Hebrew. I'm always on the Blue Letter Bible. And um, I was like, okay, well, I want to see what the word fear actually means. Because some people are like, oh, it just means to like be in awe of God. Well, I looked it up, and that is not just what it means in this context. It literally means to tremble in fear and terror of God. It also means to revere and be in awe of. But the first meaning that pops up in the original Hebrew is literally terror. And I mean, imagine so, imagine the Israelites, you know, they have this pillar of fire cloud that's guiding them through the wilderness. And he's, they're watching God strike down cities with sulfur raining from heaven and fire. It's like, okay, yeah, this dude's serious. Like he means what he says. Um, but he's also loving enough to have manna rain down from heaven and feed them every day. So it's just, it's just both, you know? Yeah, and I can imagine with with that that terror and, and reverence, I can imagine just like Moses like ripping off his sandals when he's in the presence of the Lord because it's holy. Yeah. it's like like it, it cannot even the sandals cannot cannot even be there. You know, it's just it's it's that powerful. It's that holy, and it's 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 awesome. But um, you know, and I was thinking that of that passage again that we mentioned, uh, Proverbs nine ten, and I was trying to like reverse in engineer it to kind of bring things into perspective. So we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now let's kind of unpack that. So if we, that means if we don't fear the Lord, what do we have or what do we lack? We lack knowledge, wisdom. right? Big time. <laughs> so we think of all those popular um, so-called Christians and 
uh, leaders and pastors and uh, whatever you want to call them, influencers, um, those people who do not fear the Lord based off what they endorse, based off what they allow in their churches and their um, mm-hmm. in their circles and their social media presence, whatever it may be, based off all that, we know that they don't fear the Lord because it is condemned in God's word. And then we can conclude based off what scripture says that there is very little knowledge that they have when it comes to who God truly is. And it mm-hmm. all kind of just like, it's, it's cyclical. It all just comes back together. And then if you don't know that, then how do we understand the gospel? Um, if we, how can we understand the good news if we don't know that there's bad news first, right? If we're in a bad situation. Right. So I, I mean, I can't be hungry. I can't look at some like, I don't know, like a meal and, and savor over it if I'm not hungry, if I don't know that I'm in a bad state. And it's like the same kind of thing. So the people who do not fear the Lord don't really know much when it comes to the Lord. So be very, very careful when you're approaching someone like that and you're dealing with someone like that. Well, I think too, like what you were saying, there's a lot of pastors out there who shockingly enough, because you'd think a pastor would understand this is that they don't fear God. And it, it boils down to what they actually know or what they actually believe about who God is. And um, I just recently moved back to the specific area that I'm living in right now. And so I'm, you know, on the church hunt right now, just praying through this process. And I tried a church on Sunday. And and honestly, that is that is what I felt while I was there. You know, it was kind of discouraging. And I never thought I'd say I was discouraged at church. But, no, there was just nobody. Nobody was really singing during worship. It was just the worship band playing. And then, you know, the pastor just like had this kind of random message that kind of just, I felt like he was just like, I feel like maybe we should talk about this. And the day before I went and visited this church, God was talking to me about second Timothy and about how, you know, the Bible is living and breathing and it's, it's able to teach us and rebuke us and convict us. And, um, and how in the later times that there are going to be people who just say what people want to hear or people who gather teachers around them who listen to whatever they want to hear because they don't fear the Lord and they don't care for the truth. And I just remember walking away from this experience being like, man, like if these people really feared the Lord or knew who he was, they'd be singing on top of their lungs, no matter what people were looking at them or, or laughing because they understand this is a holy God who is worthy of all of our worship because he's God, because he sent his son to die for us just so that we could have the potential of having a relationship with us. Cause he died knowing that some people wouldn't choose him. You know, he still went through that knowing that, you know, some would say yes. And some would say no. And, um, his love is, is infinite. And I was like, guys, like, I just wanted to get up on stage and grab the microphone and be like, guys, come on, please just sing like this. Jesus we're talking about here. Like this is a big deal. Um, and same thing with the, with the message, I was like, this was not convicting at all. Like I just, what was the purpose of why, why did we talk about this today? Like, where's the fear of the Lord? Like it just, there was no passion, you know? And, and it just goes back to understanding who God is. Like it truly does transform your relationship with God. When you truly understand like, wow, this all powerful God loves me and chooses to be in a relationship with me, even though I kind of suck sometimes. And I, do things I shouldn't do. And that's wild, you know, and he's so deserving because of that, of all of our praise and all of our allegiance. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, if we're, you know, if we're considering this and we, I'm, we see it all the time, uh, people out there who, um, are in that certain position and, and there are two extremes. I mean, there are the people, like you said, that just, they're barely open their mouths. It seems so lethargic. They don't really care. They're not into it. And then there's the opposite extreme where they're so into it, they don't even know what they're doing. So it's like, yes. <laughs> it's so hard to find that middle ground. It's, uh, it's like, man, what's like, what's like the, it, it just, it's unfortunate because at, at times you're like, okay, which, which one is the lesser of the two evils? And you right. don't want to make a decision like that when it comes to a church you're attending and you're growing in the community you want to kind of plug yourself into. But uh, unfortunately that that's what happens. But I think that at the end of the day, um, God places us in where he wants us to place us so that we can have an impact not only on ourselves, but on the people around us. And I know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I used to have this mentality all the time, like, wow, like, and I mean, when you have a small church and you have, you know, 
part-time faculty and staff and, and elders and people who have their day jobs because we live in Southern California. Let's be honest, we can't afford to be yeah, full-time exactly. pastors. Um, you're not going to have, you're not going to be presented with the best quality and you can always find something to kind of like pick at. But um, from what I've seen, from what I've learned over these last couple of years is that a lot of the times we should stop focusing on, you know, achieving personal growth within the church, yes. focusing that like during the week and then kind of seeing what you can bring to the table so that you can have an impact not only on the people in your uh, in your church, but in, in your community as well. And that's when when you take that, sta- that step of faith, when you put your fear in the Lord and you, uh, you know, stay in the scriptures and have trust in him, that's when he begins to work in that area of, of our lives. So it's it's a blessing, honestly. And the only way that people can see that is if someone kind of starts doing that as exactly. well. I was actually... Um, I'm in the middle of reading uh, Leonard Ravenhill's uh, Why Revival Terries. I love Lenny. I call him Lenny. It's a nickname I have but I love that guy. <laughs> he is awesome. If you guys don't know who he is, he's uh, this. I mean, he's passed away now. He passed away about like 25 years ago, uh, maybe a little longer. But um, he was a, a British theologian, pastor, author, all that, evangelist. And uh, he was just hardcore. He was just like, he didn't care. He was just, I remember listening to one of his sermons and he was talking about how pastors should just like stop focusing on themselves. And he was preaching and he was just like trashing on preaching because he was <laughs> saying, and you'll, and you'll see this in, in that book, um, that all revival, all transformation starts with prayer. We need to pray a man. He would always say this. He's, he said, a man is only as great as his prayer life. Like what does your prayer life reflect? Because being a good preacher, you just have to have a little bit of confidence. You have to be somewhat intellectual to, to kind of break down your points and kind of feed them to the crowd. You have to have a, you know, a nice smile. You got to have like a, a good voice for it. And then that's pretty much it. You can preach a good sermon, but there could be no impact if, if, you know, if your prayer life or your personal life does not reflect that. So, um, not sure how, what, where I was going with this, something about, about Ravenhill, but, but yeah, he was basically cautioning everyone like, Hey, this is what we need to focus on. We need to have the fear in the Lord. And he and his buddy, David Wilk, the late Dave, David Wilkerson as well, I mean, their sermons were just like fire and brimstone. And sometimes we need to hear that because we're so focused on our, um, like, oh, you know, what snacks are we bringing to small groups today? Or are these like minute things that kind of distract us? Not, not, not saying that they're bad, but they kind of distract us from what the actual goal is. So, um, you know, I think it's important that we refocus our, our attention on that. But I was going to ask you something. And now I just remembered. Um, so when it comes to the fear of the Lord, I know a lot of the things that we talked about, if if a person who grew up in the church listened to it, I think they'd be kind of, it'd be a little easier for them to kind of get on track and understand what we're saying and kind of take that next step. Now, I want to ask you, coming from a person, let's say, who did not grow up in the church and is somewhat confused about these statements that we're making about fearing the Lord or why do we need to fear God or how do I even fear God? Like, do I just like pray and get scared? How would you (laughs) Taylor explain this to someone to either a baby Christian or someone, let's say you're evangelizing to that person and they ask you this question, how would you kind of break this down in the most simplest of terms and explain it to that individual? Well, the way that it was explained to me is kind of just like a parents or a authoritative authoritative figure in your life of, you know, they have certain, you know, rules or parameters for you. Um, and they set those out for you when you're a kid to kind of guide you and help you and keep you out of trouble and keep you safe. And, um, you know, if you don't, or if you are disobedient, there are, there are punishments for that. And I don't know about you, but there are definitely little kid where mom's like, Oh, well, I'm just going to wait till your dad gets home and he can take care of it. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) not dad. Don't tell him. Don't even tell him what I did. Like, I don't want to No, please don't. And I kind of likened that to like, God, like, yes, my dad still loves me, but he's like, Taylor, I told you not to do that for a very specific reason. And you did it anyways. Now there's going to be a punishment. Um, and it's kind of, you know, without Jesus in the picture, the punishment for all of the wrong things that we do is separation from God because of his holiness. And um, like I said, he can kill both the body and the soul, not just kill our bodies. And so knowing that and knowing that he's God, we have to take that into consideration with our choices. But 
thankfully there's Jesus and the righteousness that we get because of him. But fearing God just boils down to knowing that he is in his godness, he is perfect. And in our not godness, we are not. And there are reasons why he asks us to do the things that we do. And there are just punishments for the things that we do if they're not repented of. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think using that illustration, I mean, there's a reason why, and and obviously God was, God is eternal and he was there at the very beginning, but there are a lot of components. And if you look at our family structure, if you look at society and the way that uh, scripture ordains certain things, um, there are a lot of things that we see in our lives that are reflective of our relationships with God. For example, he is our heavenly father And now we as human beings have earthly fathers as well. So seeing that connection helps us kind of make sense of it. Another thing which some people struggle with is um, uh, the bride of Christ, right? Mm. It's described the, when, when the church will be called up, it's described as, as as this great wedding feast, this banquet where Jesus is the bridegroom and and the church, us, all of us together, we're the bride of Christ. Um, And we can see that obviously in our, in our lives with, you know, at a wedding between a, a groom and a bride. So we, we can kind of relate that or husbands love your wives as Jesus loved the church. So it's it, a lot of that, a lot of those, uh, you know, similes and imagery that we see in scripture uh, can be used to kind of explain things to people who, let's say, aren't familiar with scripture, but live in this world and have parents and have weddings and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. So I think using those, um, those simple things to kind of explain what the Bible says and what the Bible um, commands really helps with people who haven't really been exposed to that. But no, that's great. I think especially, and we can, I mean, we Romanians totally relate to the whole dad thing, waiting for dad to get home. <laughs> it is, that was, that's when I knew what the fear of the Lord is. That's when we found out as kids. So, <laughs> yeah. so we didn't struggle with that. We, 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 we understood the authoritative aspect of God. Uh, we struggled with other aspects, but kind yeah. of building on this, um, I do have this one question that I just kind of thought of right now, but a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, and we see this with a lot of people outside the church, but even people in the church, kind of understanding two different attributes that God has that almost seems opposing to one another, such mm-hmm. as love and fear and, and wrath and, and joy and all, all those different things. Um, people, a lot of people believe it's like a false dichotomy. Like, oh, how could these two things coexist? How could God be so loving and scripture talks about how we love God so much. And then at the same time, he is full of, you know, he has wrath and he, we should fear him and he, he hates certain things mm-hmm. and they struggle with this, um, this idea of having those two attributes coexist. And, uh, a lot of questions that I've, I've heard and, uh, it's like, how could God send people to hell if he's a loving God? And a lot of times I, I hear those questions whenever it's like a Calvinist debate, but even like when it comes to like salvation and, and something like right. a lot more general to people who don't understand what scripture says, how, how is that possible? How can you help someone understand that God could be loving, but also we need to fear him as well. We need to have that holy reverence that at the same time, Jesus is the friend of sinners. He's our friend. But then God, you know, the other aspect of, of the Holy Trinity is our heavenly father and we're, we're, we're to revere him and we're to serve him and worship him and glorify him. So how can those two attributes exist? And assuming someone who didn't really understand that was asking you this question. That's a great question. And I feel like there's a lot of ways to approach this. And I don't want this answer to sound like the scapegoat answer, but it's definitely, we have to understand that our minds have limited understandings. Like there is still so much about space and the ocean and our bodies that we don't understand. I mean, it's taken us hundreds of years to come to the understanding of things that we have now. And imagine if, you know, Lord willing, we get another hundred years of progression in these areas, what we're going to come to discover that we didn't know before. But you know, God knows all of those things already because he's the one that made it that way. And he's the one that made it and designed it to be that way. Um, and so I think once you have an understanding of that kind of wrestling with these questions gets not easier because you kind of have to just give up for the fact that you might not, you just might not understand. Um, but it does help you to kind of trust God more and understand like, okay, you get it and I don't, and that's okay. 
I, I know like there's a pastor I, I was listening to and he was just saying like, do you really want a God that you can understand? Like we mess things up all the time. And imagine if we understand something fully, I mean, look at iPhones, like they mess up all the time and we designed them and we know the ins and outs of them. Like you don't want something unreliable, like you like a phone, you know? Um, I know that was like a cheesy example, but you don't want to be able to understand something that is in control of your eternity or um, in control of your life. Um, but as far as the kind of weird, he's wrath, but loving, but he's joyful, but yet there's this like lament that the Bible talks about and tearing your clothes and whatever. Um, and again, honestly, it just goes back to God's attributes. He's just, and part of justice is making things right. But I'm sure we've all heard stories of, you know, judges having mercy on people and them not receiving the fullness of the punishment that they should have because of something in that judge's heart or a debt that was paid on the behalf of someone else. Um, it's simply God chooses, you know, um, to be merciful and to show mercy to his creation. There's a verse, I think it's in Psalms, but it just says he remembers that we are but flesh and chooses to withhold that wrath that we are deserving of because we are unholy, unlike God, um, and chooses to give us mercy and grace. And, you know, I, sometimes I don't understand. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, you kind of rain down fire on those people in the Old Testament. How does that make sense? But it doesn't have to make complete sense for us for it to be okay because God uh, is perfect and he is just. And I, there was even a, I don't even remember the group of people, but God destroyed them in the old Testament. One of the many peoples he destroyed. And um, it even, it said the due time, like he had given them time to kind of get rid of this sin. I think it was like 400 years he had given them to kind of go through these different Kings and these different rulers and these different people. And they still chose to worship these other gods and blah, blah, blah. So God was like, right. You chose what you chose. I'm gonna let you have it and just disintegrated them. And ultimately that's what eternity is like. You know, if we just choose our sin and choose the world and then we die and that there's consequences for that. And that is God's wrath. Um, but if we say, you know what, I'm going to accept this gift of grace that God is extending to me, then we're good. I know that might not have fully answered the question, but that's just kind of the best way I could describe it as far as how my brain thinks about it. Yeah. And like, kind of like, uh, building off the point of not understanding fully of, of what God, who God is. Um, if we really understood who God is, then what would be the purpose of faith? Like what, what would be the point of faith? If we, if we knew everything, if, if we had the ability to know everything, then, um, how are we able to be saved? It is by faith, by grace through faith. That's how, that's how we are saved. So that just like, that removes so much of what, of what we rely on and what we believe. And, uh, we see multiple times in scripture where, and I guess maybe in retrospect, as we're looking in their situation from like this. I guess, omniscient view, um, we kind of judge a lot of the decisions that these biblical figures made. Like, wow, like how could you be so dumb by doing that? And like, like really, man, like you, you literally walked with Jesus and like the next day you're, you're denying him or so many different things, but we have to understand that they're, they're not perfect either. They're not only Jesus Christ in scripture is perfect, but they're not perfect. We're not perfect. And we, as, as human beings, sinful in nature, we make those same mistakes Mm-hmm. And we rely on so much of what scripture has to do. And, and I, I believe that God designed everything in such a way that that this is the best system for us to to have faith in him. Because you know what, God, I'm just here. I'm ready to do your will. I, I literally can't do anything on my own. But I know it is you who strengthens me. And I know it is you that gives me the opportunities, gives me the power by the Holy Spirit. So I'm ready to go. And I think because... We understand how little and small we are before this holy God. That's when we can truly be commissioned to kind of do the greater things, you know, being faithful in the small things and then uh, faithful in the bit, big things as well. And, and I, I think it's so important that we recognize that because even if we wanted to, there's no way that we can understand everything. And mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't make sense to us that um, 
that there are some people that are going to go to hell. It doesn't make sense to us that God is love and God is this. Um, I mean, you can make sense of it or maybe not, but at the end of the day, we need to have faith in our Lord and we need to obey his commands because First uh, John uh, talks about that, you know, the way that we love Jesus, or actually uh, the Gospel of John talks about uh, we need Jesus tells his disciples to keep his commands if they want to know that, you know, if they want to show that they love him, and that's how the world will know to um, that they're their disciples, and also reflects in First John as well because it's the same author. But that's how the world's going to know that we are Jesus's disciples, that we are his followers, if we if we love God, if we love one another. And if we keep his commands, and it's so important that we just, with faith, keep those things, even if it may not make sense. And I've mm-hmm. heard so many personal testimonies of God working through the most nonsensical ways um, <laughs> and delivering each and every single time. So it's, it's, it's truly powerful and profound. Yeah, and I think the understanding who he is and the fear and reverence that we've been talking about is the foundation that we can build that life of faith on because it, it drives us to our knees and dependence on this God that is in control of our tough situation that we're going through, or is the reason why we can be joyful because he's been generous to us, or he came through and answered our prayer and just did this miracle or whatever the case may be, or just being with us and walking through the mundane moments of life with us. Like, knowing that and fearing God and knowing who he is, it leads us to repentance. It leads us to obedience, but it also leads us to this beautiful, like sweet relationship that we can actually have with the God of the universe at the same time. And, um, I, um, read Psalm 112 one, I wrote it down because I did not remember all of it, but it says, blessed are those who fear the Lord and who find great delight in his commands. Like when we fear God, And when we know who he is, it's actually like fun and delightful. And there's a fulfillment that comes with obedience, even when it's hard. You know, there's like, obviously I can't compare the tough decisions I've had to make to, you know, the brave brothers and sisters we have around the world who are going through persecution and her choosing to to stay strong in the faith. But I know there's been difficult situations that ended in, you know, lost relationships and friendships and whatever the case may be because of choosing Jesus. And honestly, it brings joy to your heart when you know, like, God asked me to do this and he has helped me to be faithful to him. And you know that there's a blessing on that other side of that because that's what he promises. And just like this really cool, like fearing and revering and then loving, like, it's just, it's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and Taylor, as we uh, as we wrap this episode up, um, in in a few words, in a short statement, or let let's say this, let's say we by some unfortunate accident we lose all of the content we have up until now, <laughs> and you want to compress, I guess, all the content of this episode in like a, a few short statements because we don't have much time. Um, if that happened, hopefully it doesn't. Uh, but if that happened, how would you? present, um, I guess, your your final statement to the people listening out there uh, regarding the topic that we discussed today? Wow, that's really hard. Um, <laughs> I like to talk a lot. Um, <laughs> um, I would just say that the creator of the universe that spoke you into existence um, loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And um, he's all powerful and knows your heart and wants to take the tough parts out and give you something sweet in exchange for it. And um, if you trust in him and you trust in, in the power that he has to do that, then your life will be so much different and, and so much better. And you can exchange the, you know, fear of eternity without him or fear of the unknown for fear of the known and let your life be in the control of the God who created everything and, and is all powerful and is in control. Um, and I know I didn't speak much of the fear of God, but I think once you get that down, the rest will come. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And Taylor, thank you so much for for being on this episode. I can truly say that um, I was really impressed by almost like like all of your statements and your responses. I was like, wow, like like I I, I didn't intentionally try to ask you hard questions, but I kind of just like threw things out of like left field here and there and uh it was great. I think it was not only edifying for the listeners out there, but for me personally as well. So thank you so much for, for doing this episode. It was it was a great experience. 
Thank you for letting me come on here. And I just obviously want to thank the Lord as well for just allowing this to happen, for bringing, you know, you into my life and just this opportunity because it's all for him anyways. And I just hope and pray that someone gets to be edified by it and ultimately that God's glorified. So thank you for letting me be on here. Absolutely. You're welcome. And uh, I know we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but um, where can people find your podcast out there if they're either either social media or the streaming platforms where where can they find you and your podcast and your ministry out there uh, on the internet um just search a time such as this um and you'll see my name taylor cyr you can search on spotify you can search on apple podcasts as far as instagram my podcast instagram is kind of under construction um so my personal one is kind of where i do a lot of my ministry right now i do little instagram tvs and stuff like that and it's just taylor renee r-e-n-e-e and then cyr um and that's kind of where i talk about my new episodes and i post all that all the links and everything there Awesome. And for you listeners out there, check that out. Uh, they're very encouraging, very well-spoken, profound, and uh, I'm excited for the way that God's going to work in uh, not only in, in, in all of us, but in our respective ministries, too. May God be glorified in everything that we do. Amen. Love it. And for you listeners out there, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, just a couple of last announcements, things I've mentioned before, but I'm going to mention it again. Um, at the Potter's House for Instagram, that's where we have... Uh, all of our updates, uh, any and all of our updates, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts is where you can stream us uh, and other platforms, but you guys don't really listen on those, so it's not worth mentioning. But if you do have Apple Podcasts and if you do listen to that platform specifically, I would like to ask you to uh, go to the podcast page, tap the stars, leave a written review. It really helps the exposure of the show. And for those of you guys who've already done it, uh, you know that I read it out loud and I really appreciate for those of you uh, who have already done it. So thank you guys for that. Also, website, you know that. It's tagged on the Instagram account. And last but not least, the conference, get your tickets now. Uh, plane tickets are extremely expensive. I feel sorry for you guys. Uh, but hopefully you can find something uh, somewhat affordable. But the conference is going to be here for New Year's weekend in um, Southern California in Orange County. I'm excited to collaborate with you guys. Speakers will be announced soon. But if you want to follow for any and all updates, uh, the Instagram will present it. Um, and the handle is at new year's oc that's where you can find it all and hope to see you there so thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time 